Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you, you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Lori, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Dr. Pam Denton. Dr. Pam is a visionary entrepreneur, thought leader, neurological reprogramming expert, and a pioneer in the field of business and personal development. As a founder of Set a Higher Pace in Business with the Collective Mind, she has revolutionized the way individuals and organizations approach productivity and growth through team dynamics and cultural evolution. Dr. Pam Denton's journey towards mastery in the world of personal and leadership development began over 25 years ago. Equipped with her background in nervous system evolution and coaching, she embarked on a mission to explore uncharted territories of the human mind. Dr. Pam's pioneering work, The Collective Mind, is founded in brain evolution and health. Derived from years of clinical application and research, this revolutionary method is designed to delve deep into the subconscious mind where hidden barriers to productivity and growth often reside. By unlocking these mental blocks, Dr. Pam empowers individuals and organizations to manifest their goals and aspirations at an exponential rate. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. So glad I'm to be here. I'm so excited to have you here, Dr. Pam, because I truly believe that a lot of like your productivity and I guess like feelings of burnout and stuff often come from somewhere deeper and you have so much experience in those kind of like neurological barriers from a scientific standpoint, but also some of, I guess, what people call the soft science standpoint with like the subconscious and stuff like that. So I'm very excited to dive in. Yes, there's a lot here. Excuse me. No there's a lot to discuss. Hopefully my voice will join in. That's all right. I had a coughing fit just before we get got on. So <laughs> with you and me together, where we might be able to string a sentence together in this podcast. <laughs> There's always a backstory though. You know, you've got 25 years plus of experience with organizations and individuals, and I'm sure you've learned so much along the way. So can you tell me the backstory or the context that I'd need to know to know why you've chosen to help people in this specific way? It was my own story. Like for a lot of us in the personal transformation space, we go through our own transformation and it was truly through movement that I found um, myself. So as a young girl, I, I suffered with depression at that point because um, at, at this point in my life, they, we weren't really talking about mental health. So it was one of those things that you had to figure out how to heal yourself on your own. And it was when a doctor said to me, here's another antibiotic that I was like, I've got to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And I realized that through movement, I found my myself, my authentic self, I call it your higher self. And I would, when I was out running in the woods, trail running and moving, I would just find this life force inside of me that that told me that I could be better and it helped me heal my depression. And so when I um, decided to help other people, I dove deep into the barriers, you know, what had held me back, what made me suffer so much. And I really wanted to extend a hand to other people, especially women, um, to help women feel empowered in their bodies through movement, breath work, and then it became neurological science. 
That is so awesome. And I do love that you chose to, and I have a similar story. I suffered from like, quote unquote, clinical depression, but the root cause of it was really like a lack of fulfillment in what I was moving towards. Like I was studying to be a doctor because that's what I felt like I should do. But I was just so depressed during the whole thing because medicine wasn't what I was passionate about per se, or at least I think the practice of medicine, theory of medicine finds easy. But yeah, it took me a little bit. So I'm curious, like, what was the root cause of like why you were depressed? It sounds like the solution for you was through movement and through kind of like focusing on some some of those deep beliefs. But what really was the cause for you? The cause was, I think I just didn't know who I was, like what you were saying. I thought, um, very similar story. My sister decided at at a very young age um, that she was going to be a doctor and went to medical school. And so I was following in her footsteps, like a lot of younger sisters do. Um, but I, I just didn't know at a young age who I was and what I wanted to do in this world. And I think it turned off my life force. It was like, mm. I just started to shrink back and feel disempowered. So it it was very similar to what you're saying. I was trying to fit myself into a box, yet I had this huge gift to give to the world, which is expansive thought and seeing things differently. And so I had to crack that open and find that in order for my depression to just be like... <laughs> yeah. Isn't it wild how much energy we exert not being who we are? Yes. It's exhausting. Yes, it is. And... I feel like, especially because I'm in the corporate world, I feel like there is this corporate veil. And I wonder, is everyone like this when they log off? And because I work remotely, log off, not talking about my team specifically, more like interactions in general with, yeah, as a general sense. But um, like what truly is like the corporate veil? Like how do people actually act? Because I'm sure some people are just naturally they like to use big words and stuff like that. Um, I'm not one of those persons, people, obviously, because I couldn't even say that word properly, that in, in it, properly in English. I prefer to speak like a fifth grader. <laughs> I'm curious Me about too. this through movement piece. So, um, so your solution, really, you started with movement and starting th- with running. Um, can you explain a little bit more about that journey and why movement was the first step? It was what I could reach for in the moment. It was like, yeah. I, I just remember getting the guidance. I was a swimmer. That was my athletic. Like, it didn't really say, oh, I'm an athlete. I just was a natural swimmer. I've got very broad shoulders. So I swim well. So as an athlete in school, that was my sport. Uh, running was my freedom. And it was like, I call it, you know, the higher self or sometimes spirit. I say my spirit told me to pick up a pair of running shoes because that's what I had. I lived in the country. I was kind of separate from people. And before driving, this was pre-driving, probably 14, 15, that I started to get this message. I just saw myself having accessibility to these running shoes. And I just put them on and hit country roads. And I would run, walk. We had a lot of hills. But I would sing songs to myself, talking about the inner child. And, and then those songs started to become like mantras or motivational statements. And then those motivational statements started to become reality. And I realized at a really young age that when we create positive thought through movement, it integrates into your system, into action. So 
those thoughts I feel like became the catalyst to breaking free from my limiting beliefs that I wasn't good enough, that, you know, I was never going to make it. I didn't know who I was. And, and those more powerful thoughts through movement became my catalyst for growth. And, but it was the accessibility piece. I want to grab onto that right now and be like, grab what is most accessible to you right now you can do because that'll be your breakthrough when we try to reach so far for a goal way out in front of us the subconscious blocks will line up the limiting beliefs so let's say i you know i'm 180 pounds and i went away 140 or something if you set that goal too far out all of your limiting beliefs and habits and behaviors will get in the way so mm -hmm. i grabbed what i could in that moment that was right there in the present moment and did it if that makes sense it has to be no. accessible that makes total sense. You're almost like saying um, the most important thing to do is execute on anything, execute what feels right and execute within your means. And within your means at that point is running shoes. You had your yes. pair of running shoes. Yes, running can be expensive if you're ultra marathon running because you need to buy running shoes multiple times. But let's not think about that. And let's think about like what you have access to right now. That's so true. Yeah, just move. Going back to the corporate piece that you were talking about, we work with executive teams now in the heat of the moment, giving uh, what you were talking about, giving life to people in corporate environments that feel their life force being shut down um, by delivering like breathing exercises that you can do right in your chair. So we we took during the pandemic when we were all like kind of in lockdown, um, we realized that people were sitting on Zoom and getting Zoom fatigue. So I built this whole fitness technique called Breathe Fit that you can do right in your chair. And, you know, you don't even have to leave the heat of the moment. And all of our subconscious block, um, once learned, the techniques are learned, you can do them like while you're in a meeting, before you go into a meeting. And so it really hands to the corporate environment the tools that you need to become more open and expressive and on the job because um, so many people are shut down. They're not living from their true authentic self. Mm. So that was kind of like what I'm doing now versus the past. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And that's really important. I tell you what I find the most challenging thing as an executive is um, context switching and feeling like you need to do so much within a day and that you're always producing and executing and there's not much time for reflection or creativity um, unless you do it at night or early in the morning before those kind of distractions start coming like for context I read I lead three different verticals, one like customer success vertical, one professional services vertical and then a, a customer support vertical. And there's just like so much that can happen in a day. And that's not including, you know, your peer-to-peer -peer relationships, like what you need to report to the the board. And it's for someone like me, what kind of advice would you give them? Because I'm sure whether someone's in an executive position, middle management or individual contributor, they struggle with similar challenges. Like how would you help somebody like be more productive and feel like they're not like all over the place all the time? Yeah, that's a good one. That's that brings me to the brain exercises. Um, our brain has the capacity to do so much, but when it's on overload, it can't focus. And I feel like so many people are in this place right now. So like going back to that accessibility point, 
we have so much going on, yet we're not evolving our brains to handle that. So what mm. technology has done is it's speeded up our, our ability to produce on the job. And it, we haven't developed the inner technology to keep up with that. So the advice that I give people is start to breathe start to move your life force energy because that's what the brain responds to. It responds to um, internal mechanisms. It's not the external that causes our brain to evolve. It's actually the internal. So I usually give people advice that they need to start working calming exercises to get that focus and productivity going. Interesting. And if I was to kind of like I know more about the nervous system. That sounds like activating your parasympathetic nervous system by doing that breath work. And you refer a lot to life force energy. So how does this help? How does kind of getting into the parasympathetic nervous system and moving what you call life force energy, and I'm saying that in captions, or just explain this energy to me um, to help me understand like why this helps you become more productive? We make better decisions when we're in, in a state of calm. Mm. I think people think that when we're in a state of heightened energy and, and um, productivity, like go, 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 that energy, that masculine young energy um, is where we make very clear decisions. It's actually when we're in parasympathetic ease rather than sympathetic drive that we can open up and really make powerful decisions. We call it, they drop in they can't drop into a frenetic state. They, the answers to what we need to do in business and our success can't come in when we're in a heightened state of, of drive. Mm. Sounds like we should I, be doing five minute breathwork sessions before each meeting. <laughs> that is breathing breaks. Absolutely. Because when you set the meeting space with a positive open energy of breathing, it, it really opens up creativity, collaboration, all of those things. When you're in sympathetic overdrive, when the sympathetic nervous system is driving, you can only focus on one thing. When you're in parasympathetic ease, you can have a multidimensional focus. Like I think men and women, when we integrate the brain, have the capacity to be multidimensional. Women in particular are known to be uh, multitaskers. And men with that drive are usually like focused one thing at a time. But I think everyone who practices these brain integration exercises through breath work can have this power of multidimensional action. It's pretty cool. Mm. You can get more done. Yeah. Can you describe the difference of like multidimensional action to multitasking? The context behind why I'm asking is because I strongly believe that no one is good at multitasking and that we actually are good at single tasking with deep focus and then switching to something else with deep focus. That's my personal belief. So I'm curious, please challenge me if you disagree. I'm curious, like the difference between that multidimensional versus multitasking. Yeah, that is such a good question. And um, you're right, because only one action can be taken at a time. And when you have deep focus, it's like, I can do this task, complete it, and then move on to the next task. Whereas I can't have my foot on the computer and a hand over here and, you know, be feeding my kids, you know, and doing everything all at the same time. It's almost impossible, but we can move faster by deep focus tasking, boom, 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 boom. 
there's something that happens in the space that I'm talking about, the multidimensional space that allows us to do things more quickly, to task more quickly. When we're in that sympathetic stressed out state, um, we can't move as quickly. It's so there's, I don't know. I don't know if I'm answering your question, but all I know is like, when we get into that state of calm, we can get so much more done. Mm. I actually have to open the door for my dog. Yeah, no worries. I can cut this out. Go open the door and then come back and we'll keep chatting. (laughs) All right. He wants to be part of the show. No worries. (laughs) I would love for him to be a part of the show. So the way I'm interpreting that, Dr. Pam, is like one of the biggest tips I give to my team and to myself is if I'm overwhelmed and I feel like I'm switching too much, it's to close down all my tabs on my computer and only keep that one tab of what my highest focus is. And I find when I'm in that sympathetic space, I'm more likely to want to be reactive to a Slack message or be reactive to a call um, and always be in this reactive state. Whereas if I can take a bit of a, a breather, so to speak, and close down all the ha- tabs and be like, okay, what are my three and most important things of the day? That's when I feel a lot more progress because it's like, yes, you're only doing three things, but then tomorrow you can do another three things. And the next day you do another three things. So like what you've just said makes total sense to me because when I'm coming from, I guess, more of a proactive space, which I guess maybe is more of the parasympathetic um, mm-hmm. things do get done, even though it things feel slow, but fast. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're way more efficient. The brain prioritizes when it has the freedom to do that. So, so our brain actually holds the priority and it does the same thing with our body. And I think that's why we we're breaking down as humans because we're not giving our our brain enough time to prioritize our healing. And then you have to come in with a Band-Aid and fix it. But it's the same thing with our work. When you have an integrated brain, when you're doing brain exercises through breath work and movement, you're giving your brain the opportunity to create new pathways that are more efficient that then prioritize. So just as an example of what you're talking about, prioritizing shutting down your tabs, an overloaded brain wouldn't do that. an overloaded brain would keep everything open and just be like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I have to work right now. An integrated open brain that has more neurological pathways of efficiency and prioritization will prioritize in that moment and direct you to close down those tabs and only do three things at once. So what I find in my clients is that we don't have enough brain integration. And this kind of brings me into theta breath there. There's not enough, uh, work that we're doing with our brain pathways as executives, as leaders, as employees, wherever you are on the cycle of work, most people are not exercising their brain in a multidimensional way to create this space, to give that brain the tools that it needs to prioritize in the moment. Our brain is the prioritizer. That's what I think we've forgotten. (laughs) It's like, it knows what to do, but if we're not working it, like going into the fitness concept, if we're not working it as a fitness application, Mm. it it gets neglected and it starts to just get overwhelmed and our priorities get all screwed up and it's a downward spiral. Are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? 
I'd like to introduce you to the Goal Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated, and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The Goal-Getting Journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the Goal-Getting Journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout. And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HFPODCAST. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HF Podcast at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals I mean, I without agree with burning you on a out. Deep level. You know, my first business, actually my LLC is still named this, but there's brands underneath it, was Brain Bootcamp. Because mm-hmm. if you like we talk about giving our body a boot camp, but if you don't give your brain a boot camp, yeah, you might get the dream body. But if you've not healed healed the inner beliefs, you're either going to go back to where you were before or you're going to hate yourself when you're smaller as well. So you've really yes. got to focus on the root cause as to why you put on the weight or if you're hating yourself into weight loss, why you're doing that. Because if that's not healed, you're just going to recreate the same patterns either in that area of your life or somewhere else in your right. life. It'll repattern itself and repattern itself until the brain prioritizes and you just hit it. And this is my passion Get those subconscious blocks out of the deep inner brain. There's like this spiral in our brain that holds on to information. And a lot of times it holds on to memories of trauma, but stress and stress is also a trauma. So that part of our brain is holding on to the trauma of stress. And it could be micro stress over time. It could be what we just went through with the pandemic. There are a lot of things that are stored in there. We call it in, in our mind work, a memory card. And so if you can remove that memory card and put a new memory card in, then you've got a brain that's evolving. But you're right, our our patterning will go back to the strongest pattern. And a lot of times it's not a track of there he is. Of I'm comfort so glad and your function. dog has joined us. This is awesome. <laughs> Oxytocin is just like, oh, I want to pet him. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, we've got to get those blocks out of the way. Otherwise, the system goes back to the block rather than goes to what you want. You're right. And like we go back to that pattern of the block. And I just love helping people remove subconscious blocks. It's like, and you can remove them using breath. We don't even have to go into the story. So many people, I think they're so afraid of going into the story that hurt them or, or what's stressing them out. With breath work and movement, we can bypass it energetically. All we're doing is alerting the brain to pay attention to release something and then sensory neuro reprogram it with a better feeling or Mm. pattern or thought. I love that you mentioned that it doesn't always have to be, I guess, thought work that you have to go into it. And I think, I know when I was starting to get into this work and I'm sure there's still things that I need to unblock and I've heard it from others as well. Like I know that a lot of my like quote unquote trauma happened and I don't know what happened because I was too young. Um, like my parents divorced by the time I was five. And I know there was a lot that kind of went on there and I was the oldest child type thing. 
I have no idea what happened though. And I know like some sort of, I, I know like with kids, if it under seven, the, the whole divorce thing. And I think um, I've, it wasn't necessarily for myself, but I've heard from others. Like it's really hard to work through your traumas when you don't know what your traumas are, but you know, something happened. And, and that feels like a really like, you have to be a victim for the rest of your life. And I don't believe that. I believe that you can become empowered. So I would love to learn, like for somebody who maybe doesn't have the resources to have a one-on-one mentor yet or a one-on-one coach, how would you suggest they use movement and breath work to kind of start working through that like early childhood stuff or maybe even trauma that they've repressed? The, the easiest thing that we can do is breathe into a word. So words are symbols. So what we use in brain fix, which is one of the techniques that I use for trauma release in the brain are just very simple words. So let's say back in your childhood, we could, we could identify this story as being misunderstood. Like there was no understanding in your parents relationship as a young child of why this trauma was going on. So Words are symbols and our brain recognizes them. So you want to do it in your primary language because, you know, usually those symbols hold a memory of energy. So like one of the words I use is misunderstood and you just hold that word and you kind of breathe into it and you just erase it and let it go. You ask your body to just let go of all of the misunderstandings of your childhood. As you can see, when you're using a symbol, we don't have to go into that painful story or what hurt you energetically or emotionally All we need to do is focus on that word. Again, prioritization, let the word hold the energy of the story. And just the imagination pathway is so powerful for the body. We can imagine ourselves into any state we want to be or any release. So I just take people through erasing the word from a blackboard. We call it the mind cleanse. Let go of that misunderstanding. And I even have my hand up as an eraser. And then we cross body pattern it. But you can just breathe into the release and start to train your body to let go energetically and just imagine that weight lifting off of your body, that childhood barrier, so to speak, the burden that you may have been carrying and try not to get caught up in the story of what it was. We don't need the details. We just need the release energetically. Mm, And then it's like, you feel better. And it only takes like five to 10 minutes. Sometimes my sessions are only 30 minutes long. And we actually have a system of texts that we send out with breathing exercises that are five minutes. It doesn't have to be all consuming of your life. We can work it into, you know, just gently starting five to 10 minutes a day, breathing and releasing. But the word is really important as a symbol to unlock it. Another one that we use is mistrusted, misguided, Mm -hmm. These words of like, like I was so misunderstood as a child. Nobody got who I was. All right, let's just release that through the word. That's so tangible that people can take away as well, because I think people are pretty good at expressing how they feel and misunderstood kind of, I I know me and other people close to me feeling like a square peg in a round hole. Like even, even though people love you and it's like, ah, I like, I don't want to live like a a quote unquote normal people, but then how many people actually want to live like a quote unquote normal person? Like how many people have settled versus how many people are actually square pegs and round holes? I think we all kind of are weird in our own way. It's just finding our own people. And that makes sense of like working through that, taking it through the blackboard and you actually touched on micro habits as well. You know, it doesn't have to be a big 60 minute pranayama like and then moving into meditation it can be 
five minutes to start and just keep working through it and developing that habit of getting into that space. Yeah. And it is really about developing the habit. What just popped in as I was listening to you talk is the subconscious block a lot of times has built a, a behavior or a personality. Um, and this kind of goes back to the original conversation and that personality and behavior is going to try to protect you. It's going to mm. try to stop you from doing what really serves your highest interest, which is to be different or out of the box. Or, you know, for me, it's like, I'm always seeing the possibility and I look at other people and they can't even see it. And I'm like, wait, how come you can't see the power of possibility in this? The subconscious block is going to try to keep you safe and stuck. So the biggest thing that anyone can do is just start working the breath work the process, work your life force. Your breath sends a signal to your brain and says, I'm alive. I'm here. I'm unique. I am who I'm meant to be. It's our life force. When we take that first breath, when the umbilical cord is cut and you know, you're know you on your own, your first emancipation from your parent, it's like... And so the breath holds that, that memory that um, gives power to the body. And then when you work it through, like, I'm going to release all the things that no longer serve me anymore that are not doing service to me as a human, it's so powerful. We're just breaking through to the other side. But remember that the block will try to stop this because it's trying to protect you. Wow. That makes total sense because something I was thinking about when you were telling me about putting on your running shoes, I think it's one thing to have the thought or the intuitive hit to put on the running shoes because that's most accessible, but generating the energy to do that is a whole other thing. And I feel like that's a resistance of change. So are you saying that somebody that has the intuitive hit to put on their running shoes, it's the most successful, but are still struggling to actually do it. They should focus on breath work first, or are there mm -hmm. some other things we should do to kind of like get through that? Like, Oh, I really don't want to do this. Yeah. This is like standing fitness on its head. I like to call it. It's like when we carry our subconscious blocks and barriers into a class, especially the ones that are in that sympathetic state, where if you're not in training yourself to work through that stress cycle, your workout is not going to be productive at all. So we actually flipped everything around my team and I, and we start people seated to breathe because most everyone has some sort of sympathetic dominance, insulin resistance, you know, whatever it is, stress in the body, resistance to change based on stress. So what moving your life force energy is actually a workout when you get into it it's like it we work it we work it with like a navel pump in the core and we move that breath and life force through so we start um any kind of physical movement with breath because a it puts you in a parasympathetic state of ease b it gives you the energy and the life force to work out and c when you start so funny that I'm doing ABC. See, when you start to bring it into your workouts, when you start to breathe with your workouts, we go back to that multidimensional possibility. It's not like working out and holding your breath. You're pumping energy and life force through your movement and it 10 X's your workout. It's like mm. you're oxygenating the cells while you're working out. So it's instead of you know, <laughs> mindlessly moving your body. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I, you know, I'm 
I do Olympic lifting and kickboxing and yoga teaching. Um, wow. And all of them have breath work that's associated with them. So in boxing, we think about a jab. We want to do a really sharp, kind of like Kalpati, Kalpati breath in, in yeah. pranayama, like the... And with um, fitness, it's like exhaling on the concentric movement, you know, always like, especially towards the second half of the concentric of the the hard part of the the lift, you want to be exhaling. And it's not something we are trained as fitness professionals to teach first. We're trained to teach the technique of the movement. So thinking about a deadlift, like learning how to hinge yes. your hips and kind of breath is taught later on. I get why, because you can injure yourself especially if we're talking about deadlifts or kettlebell swings or something like that but I think that breath is the most important because you're going to be able to generate a lot more energy to be able to lift and you're not going to have dysregulated breathing patterns while you're lifting so I love that you mentioned that yeah and we we lift this the tissues so somatic breath work is actually moving your body from the central core breath out. So I can place my hands on my heart and imagine if everyone can move their rib cages like that, there wouldn't be a, as much injury when you're lifting or B, you know, you, you're all, what am I into this ABC thing? Like, I do, ABC. I do ABC all the time. So maybe I did it earlier in the podcast. And now you're like, all right, let's do, let's do ABC all the way to Z. Picking <laughs> up with you. So B yeah. is we're giving our heart space to move. When you do the breath work and you're, it, I, I actually call it weightlifting of the body and you're weightlifting your body, the connective tissue. You're also creating space for your heart to pump, for your lungs to breathe, for your intestines to move. So now apply that to Olympic weightlifting with breath work. It's like you're strengthening the muscular connective system. You're strengthening your mind-body connection to actually achieve the, the task Mm. And you're focusing on alignment because it takes that alignment like a deadlift. And then you're pumping that energy through the deepest part of your body. When you put those two things together, it's just super powerful. Mm. But for people who aren't there yet for the gym, the kickboxing, the weightlifting, all of that, just moving your body tissues, we've gotten like incredible results. People losing weight, you know, aligning their posture, feeling better bone crushing fatigue being gone, digestive issues, poof, gone. So there's something about this internal pump mechanism that's so important. So I, I really want to, um, so I'm losing my word, but I really want to reinforce this concept that breath work is weightlifting. That's what I was trying to say. No. And I like this stress management is huge. That's why this whole podcast was ex started, but I really want to hear in your words, for somebody that says that doesn't make sense because calories in, calories out is what makes you lose weight, what would you say to that statement? The more energy pumped through your body, the higher your metabolism, the more you'll burn calories. You know, give so it a reason to burn. We're igniting the Krebs cycle by pumping oxygen into the mitochondria that then ignites the uh, ATP. So you're giving your body more energy and life force and more metabolic burn. 
I love that highly um, highly scientific answer. So for people listening that have heard me speak before, basically when I say weightlifting is really important because it helps you have more muscle cells and and muscle cells burn more, that's because they have lots of mitochondria. So basically what you're saying, Dr. Pam, Pam, is like you can also kind of activate those muscle cells and release ATP, get that whole cycle starting through breath work. And that's Mm -hmm. why it's so important. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Like the we actually have a metabolic burn class that we teach and it has a lot of like uh martial arts. We have speed boxer and but it it's like these energetic vibrational movements with breath pumped through. We're finding, and I want to do scientific studies, that's to come of this work. <laughs> We're finding that it just pumps so much energy into the cellular body that people's metabolisms just rev up. And the way that we know this is because you start to eliminate more. You just, my cousin and I have this joke. She's, she's helped me bring this work out into the world. And we're like, excuse us, we have to go to the bathroom before we start this call. You just start eliminating more and you know that your body's burning through it. It's like getting rid of the waste. So there's something going on biochemically when you're running to the bathroom to eliminate when you start breath work. Yeah. And I mean, it not just breath work, I would say like sauna and hot tub. And also, you know, you need to eliminate. So it sounds like this breath work is almost like a warming of the body where you need to eliminate things. Cause I find like from sauna and hot tub, and I know it's not just me, it's, um, it's multiple people. Like it makes you need to eliminate. (laughs) Elimination is good. And that's like the key of what we're talking about. Let it go. Let go of the subconscious blocks. Let go of the energy that no longer serves you. Let go of the stories that are holding you stuck. It feels good to let go and let go of poop. (laughs) Yes, people all the time. Are you eliminating? Oh yeah, I'm fine every day. Oh, I haven't gone in four days. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, three times a day. (laughs) Yes. Oh my goodness. That would be Oh, yeah. I'm really curious. So something that you were speaking about with the breath work, it makes sense to me how to connect breath to um, breath to fitness um, and kickboxing and Olympic lifting. But I think there's a lot to be said for breath work with running. And I want to take it back to running because that's what you got started. So let's just say there's somebody that doesn't have access to many resources. They don't have enough for a gym membership. They don't have a gym in their apartment block or whatever. And running is going to be their thing, but they just, um, you know, they don't know how to connect their breath to running. What advice would you give to them? I love that. Because I, I have worked with a lot of runners and triathletes. Um, find the rhythm of your feet and connect your breath to it. So we use a breath that's very basic. It's called connect breath in through the nose, out through the mouth. So I'm imagining it's in, out, in, out. Let's say you start trotting or you start with a fast walk. Feel that side to side motion. So it would be like this. Here are the feet, right? <clears throat> I'm going to sync up my breath. And then that would go into a breath of fire, which is kind of fun to play with when you're running, but it's in and out through the nose. Mm. And then try what we call a detox breath, which is a breath hold. Mm. 
that really builds stamina. So the breath can rhythmically connect with the movement and your feet are the grounding circuit. And so many people spend so much time in their overwhelmed mind that getting your mind to pay attention to your feet through it with the connector being the breath, it's just a really powerful, fun way to play outside. And look at how much focus that takes, right? <laughs> yes. Even I had to be like, okay, hold on a second. Yeah. What's the cadence of my feet to the cadence of my breath? <laughs> yeah. And we start in the chair a lot of times with what's called foot drum. So it's up, down, up, down, up, down. And then we synchronize the breath and then somebody could take that out on the trail. So you can start seated and you could, we even do fast feet, which is a really fitnessy, you know, way to, to move your feet. And then we add in the breath. So you're, building the focus of your brain to your body you're doing it affordably and effectively you don't need a lot of equipment you don't need a lot of money you could start today and it only yeah. takes five to ten minutes hey holistic fitness fam a quick message from one of our sponsors ned as you all know i recommend good nutrition movement and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs for me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals. And sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to, uh, to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's products are... All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee, L-O-R-I-L-E-E. -E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. That makes total sense. It's That's like something that's so tangible today, like measure the cadence of your feet, connect the cadence of your breath, whether it's in and out through the nose or in hold and then out or in through the nose and out through the mouth. You've got three different techniques, but also to what you were saying earlier, put on an empowering playlist that helps you feel powerful. Let's just say you're wanting to bring in more money. Maybe you have money songs. Let's just say you're wanting to just feel empowered after maybe a relationship breakup. You've got songs along that, that kind of That's realm. That's a great it's, idea. You can yeah. kind of put all three together. Yeah. Yeah, I have that music going that empowers you. Or we always say the music is your breath, 
And you can also just add in a statement. I'm releasing lack. Mm. I'm releasing lack. I'm releasing lack. Always yes. have the replacement to the, the release. I'm calling in more money. I'm calling in more money. I have more money. I have more money. And when you combine movement, breath, and that statement, that triad sends a mm. signal to the inner brain. And this is our ma magnetic mind where we start to magnetize it into our life. So then you just let the universe take care of the rest because you've got your soul in alignment with what you want through breath, through movement, through statement or music, and you're rhythmically aligning your body. And then that rhythm will come back to you. Our nervous system is so brilliant. It will actually send out a signal and start to pull it in towards you because you've now let yourself be in alignment. Mm, that makes total total sense yeah and I love that you mentioned those those three kind of things in a triangle something I've noticed you do quite a bit throughout this podcast is this this symbol of crossing um symbol of crossing at the brain or whether in the body and you've spoken about cross a couple of times so can you let me know like what you mean by it seems like some sort of symbol for integrating like when you talk about going across what do you mean yeah so cross body patterning is how we get yes, those, that's the, it. the um brain the both sides of the brain to work together and we call the integration point the magnetic point our spiritual people out there are going to call it the intuition um the pineal gland the amygdala the hippocampus the deep i call it the deepest wisest part of our brain i feel like it's been left behind and kind of given a bad rap and this is where i want my scientific studies to be of the amygdala and reprogramming our memory system i do believe this part of our brain it's a spiral and it connects but there's also just on the basic level, the corpus callosum, a lot of us just use one side of the brain or the other and our life becomes very in, unbalanced. And we even label ourselves this like, oh, he's super analytical and she's super creative. But what if we brought this all together? And that's why I always do this to feel the center of our being. So when we cross body pattern, it's an erasing of all the distractions and disturbances that that are in our soul and it just kind of when you do this cross body patterning whether it's reaching across like this and breathing or alternate nostril breath or mm -hmm. whatever it takes um there's this convergence that happens this is how we get ourselves into a theta state where the subconscious and the conscious merge it's such a powerful place and you feel peaceful and anything can happen in your favor it's just fantastic so we're advancing our work at positive evolution to include this theta space breath where we do this cross body patterning and opening up of the breath channel because it is the space that you can manifest whatever you want in your life wow it's so powerful for people that haven't heard about brainwave states can you explain what the theta brainwave is the theta brainwave is a frequency that is a peaceful frequency. It takes the body into a state of peace. It's usually deep sleep or right before you wake up. And it is this space of REM, you know, REM sleep space where you can feel just ultimately peaceful. And when going back to what you were saying about parasympathetic ease, and I was saying, yes, that's the space of calm where you can receive what you want and make powerful decisions this theta state when we invoke it is also that space that we want to get people to to make powerful decisions it's like the answers in theta when you're in that space just whew, 
peer. So people used to pay me to, to go into Theta. I placed my hands on their nervous system as a chiropractor. I did this very late force technique. And, and I'd receive this information and it would download into me and I'd be like, oh, your right hip needs X, Y, and Z. Well, then I decided, why am I doing this for people? Let me teach people how to get into this state where the answers come for their own body. And that's when I advanced my work. I was like, I didn't want to fix them. I wanted them to do it themselves and empower themselves. So all of our breath work came from that, receiving the answers from a deep state of peace. You can actually begin to uh, entrain yourself just to drop into it. Once you practice it long enough, like for me, it's been 25 years or more. Um, you can just drop into that space. Sorry. No, that's all right. We love that the dog's joined. Um, it's actually my favorite thing at work when someone's dog joins the Zoom meeting. <laughs> Apparently it's unprofessional, but in my opinion, it's the best. Um, oh, yeah. now with- just not, whatever. <laughs> Do you need to let the dog out? <laughs> Hold up. Let's see. Okie dokes. <laughs> now, that would just be too too much if I let him out. I just told him it's okay. <laughs> I don't Aww. know what just happened, but. <laughs> How sweet. I am curious yeah. about this um, dropping into the state. I've lost my train of thought and what I was going to ask you now. Dropping into the theta state and then Kona went, <laughs> I was so in it. I was like describing yes. it and then he barked and I was like jolted out oh. of it. <laughs> What's the reason? Um, <laughs> no, I think I've lost what I've got, but it doesn't matter. It it mustn't have been something that I'm really were, like it. I mean, everything well, happens for a reason kind of girly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were talking about, you love it when people at work are in that place. I thought. No, I was talking about that with the dog. Um, oh, <laughs> No worries. All good. I'll ask you my last question that I usually ask people. I'll cut out this bit. I'll ask you my question that um, I usually ask people and whatever is needed to hear will be heard. <laughs> okay. Let's do so, it. So we've spoken about a lot on this podcast. I personally found you really interesting and inspiring. And I love that everything you say is backed in science. I'm sure you have a lot more wisdom to share. So create your own question. What have you not shared today that you really wanted to share with the audience? Oh gosh. I just, I think it's a continuum of where we landed, which is the most advanced part of this work, but don't be scared by the word advanced. It's, it actually <laughs> means it's amazing. <laughs> it's like this state of being like, I just feel like this theta state, the brainwave state, um, access through breath meditation and movement is such a powerful place to explore. Allow yourself to explore something different. Like I want to loop back around to my story of how, how depressed I was. I mean, I had hit the wall of like no return. And I thought that life was just not worth living. And I feel like a lot of us, I'm like getting teary eyed talking about this. I feel like a lot of us are at that wall right now. And I just want people to know that there's help. You know, there's, there's hope whether you need your dog with you all the time or a breath, you know, but these techniques, what, what happened to me when I stepped in at a very young age to studying breath work and chiropractic and nervous system uh, work, my whole world changed and I became just dedicated to this mission. And it wasn't me driving it. It became a higher force. Mm -hmm. And so 
isn't that what gives us hope when we realize that the world is actually working in our favor? It's like that there is a higher power or our higher self or that our, our soul has a mission and a reason for being here. We all have a reason and a purpose for being here. And if people on this show, listening to this show, feel hopeless or um, stressed out or overwhelmed or burned out, trust me, this work can bring you back. And it doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be a struggle. We can actually have fun doing it. We have breaths called Greg and breath. And um, I take people on red carpet journeys, sensory neuro journeys. So the work is so life-giving. And I feel like just inviting people to give yourself the gift Give yourself the gift of movement and breath and life force and whatever, whether it's kickboxing, Olympic lifting, <laughs> running, grabbing a pair of running shoes or just taking a deep breath and working your breath with us. Life is worth living when you live from life force energy. Mm. I love that you ended on that because I know how hard it is to get out of bed in the morning when you're feeling that lack of fulfillment, let alone putting on the running shoes, doing some breath work and you really are a testament of like things can change and it doesn't have to be this crazy advancing. It can be five minutes every day. And eventually you get to a place where you are like so passionate about life because you're living from that life force energy. And I, I don't know. I just think that's a really nice message to end on. I do too. It's live the life force and the life force will live you. Mm. <laughs> I've loved speaking with you today. Um, yeah, just learned a whole bunch about about you and as like a science girly, but also like believes in spiritual stuff. Like I just love yes. that you come from both kind of worlds and I'm sure that a lot of people listening are connecting with you as well. So where can we learn more about your consulting? Where can we get in touch with you on the socials? My best place to get in touch with me right now is LinkedIn. I'm really focusing on LinkedIn. So Dr. Pam Denton on LinkedIn, um, make sure to follow me, connect with me, send me a message. I do have a, a Facebook page that I'm pretty active on, um, Dr. Pam Denton as well. And I spend less time on Instagram and TikTok, um, but you can always find me through Positive Evolution Consulting. Uh, all of my links are on my website, positiveevolutionconsulting.com. And we do have some amazing programs coming up. I've got the Magnetic Mind, which is working all of these techniques meticulously, slowly, one after the other to you know bring your life force on and and turn on this brain patterning the theta state that that invites amazing things into your life wonderful well we'll definitely share that in the show notes as well so people can connect with you on linkedin and also get in touch with you about your your course as well that's coming up thanks so much uh -huh. for joining dr pam i really enjoyed chatting thank you Lori. And for everyone listening at home or in the car or on your run, who knows what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in for the Holistic Fitness Podcast. Eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining. <laughs>